0: this week's market update, markets rally on hopes that peak interest rates are in sight and the US anticipates market-friendly gridlock after next week's midterm elections. Well, with markets notching up two consecutive weeks of gains for the first time since the summer, investors are daring to ask once again if this is the start of better times or just another bear market rally. The S&P 500 is now nearly 10% off its low point. Investors, though, are likely to be once bitten twice shy after the disappointment of the failed market rally in June and July. That ran out of steam after Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell confirmed at the Jackson Hole Economic Summit in August that the US central bank would do whatever it takes to get on top of inflation. Shares quickly reversed their midsummer gains as they realized that the Fed was serious about hiking rates hard and fast, even if that meant a recession in the world's biggest economy. But it's exactly the same narrative that's driving the current rebound in markets. With recession now a base case on both sides of the Atlantic, expectations about the pace of monetary tightening and the end point for interest rates in the current cycle have been reined back. And that's being reflected in much more encouraging technical indicators in the markets – The percentage of stocks in the S&P 500 standing above their 20-day moving average, a short-term momentum indicator, has risen from 3% to 88%. Interest rates are very much the main focus this week, as both the Fed and the Bank of England are due to announce hikes this week. While jumbo hikes of 0.75% remain likely for both central banks, in line with the ECB's rise last week, the outlook is for smaller increases between now and the end of the tightening cycle. Central banks know they're walking a tightrope in their bid to rein in inflation without tipping the economy into a worse recession than they need to. So, having got rates back to a level at which they are squeezing activity, they're likely to ease back a bit so they can see what impact policy is having in the real economy markets are highly sensitive to interest rates and any sense that policy will be less restrictive than investors have priced in is leapt on by investors as we've seen in the past couple of weeks. It was notable that markets rallied even as some of the biggest tech stocks like Amazon and Google owner Alphabet disappointed investors with news of slowing online ad revenue growth The key dates this week are Wednesday for the Fed's rate-setting announcement and then Thursday for the UK equivalent. Mm. For the Bank of England in particular, this week's decision is a tricky one because the central bank is to an extent flying blind. The government had planned to unveil its tax and spending plans today in the first fiscal statement since September's ill-judged mini-budget under the short-lived trust government. That's been put off until November the 17th, however, to give new Chancellor Jeremy Hunt and new Prime Minister Rishi Sunak more time to go over the numbers, in particular, the forecasts that they will receive from the Office for Budget Responsibility, an independent forecaster that lends credibility to government spending decisions. In the US, there is as yet little incentive for the Fed to hold back on its tightening plans as the American economy continues to fire on all cylinders with a historically low unemployment rate and jobs being created at a healthy pace, albeit a bit slower than a few months ago. The challenge for the Fed is that its announcement will come just days before the midterm elections, which are staged at the two year mark of the fixed four year presidential election cycle. The expectation is that next week's election will see the Democrats lose ground in Congress, reducing support for the president during the second half of the current term. In some ways, this is likely to be taken positively by the financial markets because so-called gridlock in which a president is unable to push through his desired legislative agenda is often seen as being a market-friendly environment. In fact, the third year of the presidential cycle is typically the best of the four, in part because gridlock is often the outcome, in part too because a president is more inclined to start boosting spending in anticipation of the next presidential election in two years time. So this is the background to the question of whether the recent rally is the start of a new bull market or just a bear market rally. And the honest answer is that no one knows. While it's often the case that bull markets begin during difficult economic times, we remain quite early in the current downturn, so it would be a bold call to expect the market to turn upwards just yet. That said, at the recent low, the S&P 500 had fallen by around 85% of the typical bear market. So at the very least, a lot of bad news had been priced in. As ever, much hangs on the two variables of valuation and earnings growth. Valuations after the recent rally look less attractive on around 17 times expected earnings. Fair value on the basis of bond market yields is thought to be around 14 times. But as we know, markets can move quickly once they get a sense that inflation and interest rates are close to peaking. When it comes to earnings, the current result season is pretty encouraging. Forecasts have been reduced, as you would expect in the run-up to a recession, but so far, with around half the constituents of the benchmark index having reported, about 70% of them have beaten expectations. Contrary to investor fears at the start of earnings season, this one is looking pretty positive. As we approach a possible turning point for markets in the short term cycle, it's worth stepping back and assessing where we may be in the longer run. The big post-war bull markets have tended to run for nearly 20 years. So even though markets have been rallying since the financial crisis of 14 years ago, it may be too early purely on the basis of duration to call time on the current upswing. The good news is that the correction so far in 2022 has taken the stock market back to its long-term trend line and historically bull markets only end when prices are well above trend. This year may well turn out to be the pause that refreshes and it's not unusual for such a possibility to seem far-fetched in the heat of the moment. Looking at other asset classes, the outlook for fixed income also looks better than it has for some time. Rising interest rates are as bad for bonds as they are for shares, so it's not surprising that this year has been tough for both asset classes. However, just as shares tend to turn upwards when the headlines are still depressing, bonds do well when interest rates turn downwards, and that's usually in the thick of recession. 10-year treasury bond yields are currently 4%, which looks attractive in light of a likely easing in policy throughout next year. In the commodity markets, attention is focused on agricultural commodities this week, following Russia's withdrawal from a UN-backed deal designed to allow exports of Ukrainian wheat through the Black Sea. Wheat futures in Chicago rose by as much as 8% to around $9 a bushel as Russia suspended its participation in the deal, which had allowed safe passage to cargo ships leaving previously blockaded ports.
1: Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities, and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, Authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.